0: We now begin the 10th and final chapter of Masechah Bhava Basra. Uh, this chapter, known as Get Pashat, discusses the halachas of the creation and technicalities around contracts, um, halachic contracts. I'm typically referred to as shtaro, so shtaro is like a document, like a legal document. And also it can be referred to as a get, although when you think of get, you probably think of a divorce document. Uh, the truth is that a get uh, can be referring to any kind of legal document, and that's what... Um, our first mission will uh, use the term get to refer to. Now, just a few uh, moments of introduction to contracts under Jewish law. First of all, contracts, shtaros, come in two varieties which are really quite different. Um, some, are called, some function as what's a shtar kinyan, and some function as what's called a shtar raya. We discuss this at length um, in Gitin and again in Kedushin. A shtar Kinyin is a document which in and of itself effects the transaction, um, as opposed to a star raya, which is just um, something which, a, a document which memorializes the transaction which occurred, so that later on we'll know what happened and how to enforce whatever obligations were undertaken. So that would mean a star kenyan, um, there are three basic varieties it's the divorce document, the get, also a, a document used for Kedushin and also um, for transferring like a deed for real estate. So in those contracts, it's the document itself being. Uh, that affects the the transaction. So most familiar to us is the, the get for divorce, um the get shechur, so excuse me the 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 get of um of, of severance of a, a marriage, um get kreesos. So how that works, of course, is that when a man wants to divorce his wife, he gives her the get, and her receiving of the get itself is what makes her divorced. Yes, the get says she's you know no longer his wife and free to go, but the point is what effects that her no longer being married to him is receiving the piece of paper. Okay. Um, similarly, um, a person could marry a woman um, not just with um, Kesef and Bia, like giving a, a, a ring or something, a value to effect the condition. He could actually give her a piece of paper that says, by accepting this piece of paper, you are um Kodesha, so you're married to me, and her accepting a piece of paper now affects um, the marriage. And finally you could have a transfer like we discussed in the previous program about transferring, say, um, land so the deed, you could say this, I'm writing the documents, you know, this my field now belongs to you, when you receive that document um, that could, that in and of itself would transfer ownership um, just as it would if you would give me money or you do some kind of, you know, chazakism proprietary act on the field. So let's call the uh, star Kinyan. Then you have a star Raya. A star Raya is that the legal event, the transaction has occurred independent of the documentation, but the documentation memorializes what happened so we can enforce it later on. In other words, you want to borrow a hundred bucks from me, so I give you a hundred bucks in front of two witnesses. Now you owe me a hundred dollars in return. Period. I don't have to draft a contract if I don't want to. Same goes for selling my car. I can sell you my car. We do the formal the technicalities. The car becomes yours, and no contract required. But if I want to collect on my loan, I might want to have a contract drafted to memorialize, to record um, the details of the loan when it happened and the terms of repayment and so on. Um, and that way, I could enforce it in a business. That's called a star raya uh, document. That's for later evidencing what happened. Of course, every shtar kenyan also, in retrospect, becomes a star raya. Meaning, once a woman receives her get, now she can prefer, prefer, she can um, uh, prove she's divorced. By presenting her get to the Besdin, and same goes if you're talking about a deed to a property and the like. Okay, now all contracts um, to be effective uh, require edus. Edus means two uh, witnesses, uh, legal uh, witnesses. Now, um, normally the halacha is that for something to be edus testimony, uh, it needs to be done uh, delivered orally, uh, meaning it has to be spoken out. Because the passage says, I'll pee by edim, through the mouths, if you will, of the two witnesses. Um, so you need to have actual talking going on. But an exception to that rule, and according to most Shonam, an exception on a Doreisa level, is a contract which has two signatures of two witnesses that will be binding, as Edus as if it were testimony, although it's written down. Meaning, although normally they can't deliver written testimony, that would be binding. Here, uh, in terms of signing on a contract, it is indeed uh, binding. If you'll come back to Mesech's and there was a big discussion. Um, what is the, uh, what empowers, there, you need Eidus for sure for giving over the Get, no doubt about it. Um, but there was a involved discussion if it's Eidai Mesira or if it's Eidai Chassima, if it's witnessing the handing of the contract over or, or witnesses on the contract, which are the essential um, empowering witnesses. But that's beyond the topic of what we have today. Now, I mean, in our discussion this moment here, I don't discuss that right now. Now, um, the contract itself can be written in any language um, that you want, typically be written either in the language of the mischayev, the person who's undertaking the obligation. So, you know, the woman who's getting married, it would be in her language, or the man who's taking the loan, um, it would be done in his language, etc. Um, but it could be done in the language of the of the adam. so meaning that neither lender nor borrower speak Chinese, but the two witnesses do speak Chinese, so the contract could be written in Chinese and they could sign that. That's also totally fine. There are a variety of other halachas um, that pertain to how to properly draft a contract, mainly will be discussed in the Mishnayas in front of us here. The basic point, this is the essential point, is that the rabbis, uh, when they made decrees, they were intending to make a standardized way of contracts to work. This would certainly prevent um, or limit the possibility of fraud, counterfeiting and the like. all uh, events, one must conform to the conventions the rabbis set out regarding um, the creation of contracts. And uh, if one fails to do so, the contract simply isn't binding. It's not valid. So that's very important. Okay. And the last point is that when one actually I'm to a loan agreement, so that's a, a halva, a loan. So the lender can do the loan in one of two ways. He can be a milva al or a milva bashtar. He could just do an orally binding loan, meaning it says, I say I, I'm lending you here $100. There are two witnesses. You agree you're going to pay me back in 100 days, and that's that. Um, or I could say, listen, we're writing a contract down, which I will then um, you will essentially commit that you're paying me back, and the witness is signing it, and I'll keep the contract. Again, it's a it's a star raya to prove that you owe me the money. Um, there's obviously an advantage, an obvious advantage to having um, a written contract as opposed to a verbal agreement, a, a al peh. Uh, And that is that um, if I need to enforce the loan, so first of all, finding witnesses could be difficult, maybe they're going to be dead or something, whereas, of course, if I have a contract, it will um, persist regardless of what happens to the witnesses. But there are two other important halachic differences um, besides that. The first is that the way it works is the lender, the malve, would keep the star, the promissory note, um, to be able to collect from the borrower. Now, the basic assumption is so long as he has that, um, note in his hand, we assume it has not been repaid. The loan hasn't been repaid. So if he goes to Besden and he says, you know, uh, Reuben says Shimon owes him money, and Reuben has the IOU in his hand, the star, so then even if Shimon says, I paid you back, we don't believe him. In contrast, um, if it's just a milleval pe, if it's a verbal agreement with a no contract, so then even if we have witnesses that confirm that Shimon borrowed the money, if Shimon claims he repaid it, Reuben can't collect a second time. Therefore, the contract does something very important. The second big difference that uh, if you're a Milva Bistar, what happens is that, as you said, other, many other times, when a person borrows money with a contract, he his uh, all his uh, real assets, like his property, uh, all become automatically leaned, like encumbered by this loan, So, which means that if the borrower can no longer pay in the future, when the loan is due, then the lender can essentially um, confiscate the borrower's property. And if the borrower sold the property in the interim... The lender can go to the new purchaser and say, "Listen, that I have a lien on that property, and um, and it's mine. I'm, I'm repossessing it." So that's only true if there's a contract, because then at least the borrower, me, the purchaser of the property, you know, could have a chance of understanding that it's encumbered and not, you know, be careful. Whereas if it's just a, a an oral agreement to repay with no contract, so then how could he ever know? And therefore, there's no um, like encumbrance on the property that he buys. So those are two big differences of, of the little star. Now, our Mishnah, Mishnah Olive here. I want to talk about two kinds of contracts. This is two kinds, not functionally, but just structurally, two physical kinds of contracts. Um, One called the Get Pashut, the regular contract, the kind of contract you and I know and love. And then there's also the Get Mukushar, the tied contract. This is very peculiar. It has no application anymore, and even in the time of Rishonim, they didn't use it. But in the time of the Mishnah, uh, the rabbis wanted to set up a situation where you would have a contract which is difficult and time-consuming to draft. Why would they want that? Because... Specifically, in the case of Kohanim, if a Cohen is to divorce his wife, um, so then he is in a bad predicament if he wants to take her back. In it wouldn't be uncommon, even nowadays, it's not so uncommon that a person divorces his wife and then later on they get remarried. But a Cohen may not marry a divorcee, even if she's divorced from him. So once a Cohen um, divorces his wife, they get that is now final. He can't take her back. So since Chazal thought that the Kohanim were quite impetuous. Uh, and they wanted to sort of slow down the process of divorcing um so that the Cohen could sort of um you know think things over and change his mind, and then therefore Hazal could sort of salvage that 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 family so uh, they made this thing called the get uh, mukushar, literally the tide get, which is time consuming to draft used for Kohanim specifically to divorce their wives um and that way you know the process would take longer, and you have to you'll see you need to have three witnesses for it and that kind of thing, so while it's dragging out to put together the hope was that the kohanim would rethink things and actually decide not to divorce his wife after all since the rabbis authorized the get mukushar for the divorce of kohanim to their wives they basically said okay that's sort of a legal structure for a contract in any in any use the get mukushar and again it stopped being used a long time ago so there's no law application whatsoever to this mission and truth um basically the get mukushar part of it for sure uh, but in any case, in the time of the mission it was relevant, so therefore the mission is going to sort of highlight the differences between the get pashut, the regular contract, and the get mukushar. So now, how does this get mukushar look? Um, basically, it's like um, they would write a line of text on a called a piece of paper, then they would fold it over, and then the witness would sign on the back of that line. Ultimately, when the contract was done, then they would write another line of text and again fold the paper over. Uh, so even a, a third time, you have a minimum of three folds, ultimately have a minimum of three signatures on the back um, of the paper behind the, the text, and this kind of uh, looks like, kind of like a fan by the end of it, okay? Um, I'll try to take a picture, depending on how you're listening to this recording and what, where, where you're finding it, I'll try to provide a picture so you can see it's really, it's words, if you see it in one second, you'll understand what's going on. The words I know I described are hard to imagine what we're talking about, so um, in any case, um, it says the mission inside. Get Pashut, a regular, standard contract. Eidav Mtocho, the witnesses sign within it, meaning on the front cover, like on the contract, at the bottom of the contract, at the bottom of the text, on that side of the page. Umukushar, but when it comes to get, a tied get, the mukushar, Eidav meachorav the witnesses sign on the other side, meaning on the, on the folds where there's text, on the behind the text they sign, on that other side of the page, on the back side of the piece of paper, so to speak. Pashut. If you have a regular contract, and the witness is signed on the back, or mukushar, you have a regular, you know, the, the get, the tide get, and the witness is signed in the normal way, meaning at the bottom of that page, on the front of the piece of paper. Both those contracts are totally invalid. Again, they're invalid because they didn't conform to the dictates of the Chazal, how to do contracts. Rebbe ben Gamliel Omer, Rabbeinu uh, Ben Meir says no. He says if it's a mukushar, the tie get and they sign the front, it could be kosher. And it's kosher anyways. Why? Because they can make it into a pashet. Meaning they have to just undo the sewing that tied it down and like flatten out the piece of paper. Now you've got a piece of paper with the contract's written on the front page, as any contract is, and then the body of signatures, as any contract is. So what's the problem? Um, but the Tanakhama doesn't agree with that. uh because again, you didn't do it as, as according to how it was meant to be. And the outset. Okay. Now, a new point ish here. It sounds like it's a continuation, but it isn't a continuation. There's an opinion regarding what happens if a person requests that his sofa create him a get, uh, a contract, and the contract he spe- he specifies the person who um, commissions the contract to write and specifies it should be written, let's say, as a makushar, and then they say the sofa does it as a pushut or vice versa. So the Tanakama, who isn't spoken here, but that, that, that opinion is uh, then it's not valid because obviously the person making the request to commission the contract to be drafted was very particular. That's why he requested this request. And therefore, if the sofa violates the request, the contract is is invalid. However, Rabbi Omer hakol gamadina. He says, "Well, it depends." He says, "If you're talking about a locale where people equally use the get pasha and get mukushar, so then if the person requesting the get, you know." Requested one or the other, so at least according to Rambam he wasn't. He was just. He wasn't really particular. He was going with whatever's normal, and he wasn't actually that Makpid. So it shouldn't be puzzle. Tanakama holds it is puzzle, um, The halacha, I guess, like Tanakama, but really there's no application. Uh, Bismanazeh, non the and the like regarding a uh, get mukujar.